has given you everything you need. Honk your horns. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Father God, we just thank you. We honor you. We glorify you. We magnify your name on this day. For truly, God, this is the day that you have made. Let us, let us rejoice. Again, I say rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we thank you for allowing us to come together in fellowship. We thank you, God, that you are in the midst of us. And God, being that you are in the midst of us, God, we thank you, God, that you're moving, God, upon us in Jesus' name. God, we thank you that healing is here, deliverance is here, love, joy, peace is here, the fruit of the Spirit is here, the gifts of the Spirit is here on today. And God, we receive everything, God, that you have already given us, God, and we thank you for it in advance, in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit, which is our helper, which is our teacher, which is the one that leads us and guides us into all truth. Holy Spirit, I need your help today. I cannot do it by myself. Father, I thank you that as I open my mouth today, God, you have already filled it. I thank you, Father God, for illumination from the word. Let light come from the word that it penetrates our very being. So, God, when it comes out of my mouth, God, it be like a fire. It be like a hammer breaking the rocks into pieces. It be like a two-edged sword in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. If you have your Bibles, and I pray that you have your Bible, but if you don't have your Bible, I know you have a phone. Turn with me to Proverbs, the fourth chapter, and let's hear what the Lord has to say unto you on today. Proverbs, the fourth chapter, beginning at verse 20. Proverbs, the fourth chapter, beginning at verse 20. And when we all get there, let us honk our horns. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. God is good, y'all, and his mercies endure forever. Amen. Hallelujah. And the word of God now reads, Proverbs, the fourth chapter, beginning at verse 20. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and help to all their flesh. I'm going to read verse 22 again. For they are life unto all those that find them and help to all their flesh. So I want to talk about this morning, God's medicine. God's medicine. How many today need God's medicine? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We want to talk about God's medicine because there is no other medicine than like the medicine of God. And this is where we, I believe some of us miss it at because we really don't know what we have because if we knew what we had, we wouldn't be trying to get other means to get what we need. God has already supplied all of our spiritual blessings in heavenly places through Christ Jesus. So let's look at that verse. It says, for they are life unto them that find them. When you look at the word life, we go in John 6, 63. 
Jesus said, for the spirit quickens. That means that the spirit makes alive. The Bible says the flesh profits nothing. So we don't get anything from the flesh. So why are we entertaining the flesh? Why are we doing, why are we doing what the flesh would want us to do? Because the Bible says that the spirit quickens. The spirit is what makes alive. The flesh profit you nothing. Then he said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and, and life. What is Jesus saying? When you begin to speak his word, the Holy Spirit, which is the breath of God, as you're speaking the word that's coming out of your mouth, it brings life to every dead situation. He said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. So who would not want the word of God? Who would not want to go into the word of God and experience life? He said that we can have life and have life more abundantly. It's a Zoe life. And this type of life that he give us is eternal life. And this life does not end. It lasts forever because it's everlasting life. He said the words that I'm speaking, they are spirit and they are life. So when you go into the word of God, you just don't look at the word of God like it's just a, a word. It is the word of God. It is God's word and it's going to produce life. It's going to give you life in every given situation. So Jesus knew this, but the people that was around Jesus, which was the Pharisees, they did not know that his words were spirit and they were life. So if you don't know about the word of God, if you don't know that his word is spirit and it is life, you just taking that word just like you taking anything else. His word is the final authority. His word is what gives you life. And it comes through the spirit of God. When we look back in the word of God, when it says life, when we're dealing with life, it says in Proverbs 18, 21, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So what is he saying here? Death and life is in the power of your tongue. Your words have power. You can either speak life or you can speak death. So I want to ask you today, what are you full of? Whatever you full of, that's what you've been speaking. Because the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you speaking forth death, that's what you've been eating, death. That represents negativity. If you speaking forth life, you speaking the word of God. God wants us, want us to speak life because his life is what quickens us. His life, which is the word of God, is what brings things alive. When we go back in the book of Genesis, we see that everything that God created, it was created by words. If you study Genesis 1, it's telling you what was happening in the beginning. But in the beginning, God knew that because the word is here, because the Holy Spirit is here, once that word is spoken out of my mouth, he said, let there be and there was. There will not be anything if you don't begin to speak it. You can begin to speak it, but if you are not, I mean, think it, but if you are not speaking it, you're not bringing life to that situation. It's more than just saying stuff in your mind, you in your head, you have to bring it out of your mouth. So when God spoke, let there be light, there was light. So we have to do just like God does because we are the children of God. We are citizens of the kingdom. And in order to bring the kingdom here on earth, he said, let thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. And how do we do that? By knowing what his will is. His will is his word and we have to speak forth his word regardless of what the situation is. So when we go in the word of God, we go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13. And I love what um, they were saying in here. Paul had given them a word from the Lord. And Paul was so thankful because the word that he gave them, this is what um, he said. He said, for this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, so you have to receive the word of God. He said, you receive the word of God, which you heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men. So when we receive this word, we got to know this is God's word. It's not my word. It's God's word. And God is using me to bring forth his word. So if I'm speaking his word, I'm speaking life unto you. And when I'm speaking it out of my mouth, what it is, is like a wind and it's being carried with power. So we have to be careful what we say because your words have power. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speak. So whatever's in your heart is what you're going to bring forth. So we can't allow things to come out of our mouth that's not going to produce life. And he goes on to say, it is, it is as the word of men, but it is as truth, the word of God, which effectually work also in you that believe. So the word is going to effectually, that means it's going to bring forth. It's going to show itself. So when we begin to speak the word of God, it's going to bring forth results. Why? Because God said, my word will not come back void. His word is not coming back void. It's not coming back empty. What is it going to do? It's going to accomplish that which he pleased. It's going to bring forth that which he pleased. It's going to prosper in the thing that he has sent it to do. So when we understand what the word does, we will begin to go into the word. We will begin to speak the word because we know that the word is going to produce. We have to see the word for what it is. So these people in Thessalonians, they were seeing the word for what it is. And it was effectually, it was operating in them. It was bringing forth. Why? Because they believe what they heard. The Bible says faith come by hearing and hearing come by the word of God. You cannot take the word and, and begin to speak it and you don't know about the word. You have to get to know the word. The Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. So in the beginning, Jesus was there when things was being created. He was created. He was there before anything was being created. And without him, nothing was created. Nothing was made. So you got to know the importance of the word. You don't just speak it because I'm speaking it or someone else is speaking it. You're speaking it because you know that the word of God is going to bring results. You know that the word of God is going to be effective. You know that the word of God is not coming back without those results. You know that you believe you speak in what you believe. So this is what they were doing. They were speaking what they believe. And this is why Jesus said, when he came to earth, Jesus was only speaking what the father would have him to speak. But Jesus said, he said, I see. And as I see, I do. Why? Because Jesus is doing what the word of God want him to do or what God would have him to do here on earth. 
We need to quit trying to take a verse of scripture and speak it and not knowing the power that's behind the word of God. The word of God is the final authority. So if you speak in the word, you ain't looking for it to happen. You said, I'm speaking it because I know it has already happened. You're not waiting on something. You know you already have what you have already spoken. Because the word is, is, has done everything that he's going to do. He's not going back to do it. Jesus knew the effect of the word. Because when the enemy came to him and to tempt him, we have to understand in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus was being tempted by the enemy. And the Bible says that the enemy came at a time when Jesus was hungry. That means sometimes when you're hungry, maybe all the time for some people, but when you're hungry, what happens is your body becomes weak. And some people, when they're hungry, they become irritable. They don't want you to say nothing to them. They want to, you know, get some food in their bodies first so they can really um, hear what you have to say. So Jesus, at that time, he was hungry, and the devil came at that time to tempt him. The devil want to catch you at your weakest point. This is why you have to always be ready. You have to always have the word of God in you. Do not wait till a crisis come to pick up the word of God because the word of God is not going to be in you. You're going to have head knowledge, but you're not going to have heart knowledge. So Jesus, he knew the word. He knew the effects of the word. He was the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus began to speak to the enemy. And the first thing that the enemy said, if you are who you say you are, turn these stones into bread. The enemy is after your identity. He want to see if you know who you really are in Christ. And what did Jesus tell him? Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So this is how we're supposed to be living. We're supposed to be living according to the word of God. When you are in the word of God, no matter what comes up in your life, you're going to know where you are in him. If you allow in fear to dictate to you who you are, then you're not in the word the way you need to be. Of course, fear is going to come because that's what the enemy used. He used fear when it comes to sickness. He used fear when it comes to finance. He used fear when it comes to your children. He used fear in all types of situations. But when we know what the word says, when the word says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. When we know what the word of God is saying, we don't bow down to fear. We live by faith. The just shall live by faith. So we don't go on what the enemy is saying. We go on what the word of God is saying. Is fear going to come? Yes, fear is going to come. You may get some bad news. Fear is going to come. You're going to be shaken. But then you have the Holy Spirit. And I'm here to tell y'all, the Holy Spirit will remind you who you are now that you're in Christ. The Holy Spirit will remind you and bring back to your remembrance what the Word has to say about you. But you have to get into the Word and allow the Word to get into you. So you can do what the word is saying unto you. God want us to have warrior mentalities. Just like David. David saw the giant, but he didn't let the giant turn him away from what he believed. If the word is in you, it's going to come up out of you. 
And you're not going to be, um, you know, afraid of what the enemy is saying because you know that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. But if you're never in the word of God to know what the word of God is saying unto you, guess what? You're going to do just like Saul. You're going to do just like the people that was following Saul. You're going to run from the enemy and you're going to go hide. But David stood up with the, to the enemy because he knew who he was in God. He knew that the name of the Lord was a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they are saved. When you know these things, you stand doing all you you stand. So we see that you got to know that the word brings you life. And that life that comes from the word, it quickens you. Every dead situation that's in your life, when you speak the word of God over it, that situation is going to come to life. So when we look back in the word of God, I'm reminded in John the 11th chapter, and we always talk about this. This is dealing with Lazarus. Y'all know that Lazarus died, and they called on Jesus. They wanted the word, which was Jesus, to come, because they knew, they said, if the word was here, he, she said, if Jesus was here, if the word was here, my brother would not have died. That's some of us. We wait on somebody to come to us and, and do certain things before we believe in the word. We want to see some results before, you know, we believe that God is who he said he is. That's just like doubting Thomas. What did Thomas say to them? They said that they had saw Jesus. He said, unless I see the nail prints in his hands, unless I see how he was pierced in his side, he said, I'm not going to believe. So when Jesus come up to Thomas, what did he say? He began to show him the nail prints that was in his hand, how they thrust him in the side. And then he said, Thomas, blessed are those that have not seen, but yet still believe. So the thing with, with um, faith is, I don't have to see it to know God has already done it. I don't have to feel it to know that God's already done it. I'm believing because of what he says, because God is not man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he shall repent. God said, have I not said it? Shall I not do it? Have I not spoken it to you? Shall I not make it good? God said, my word is forever settled in heaven. That means that his word does not change. His word remains the same. When we know these things, when things creep up on us, the word of God is going to come out of us because the word is a sword. This is why the Bible says that the word is quick. That means it's alive and it's powerful. That means it's active. That means that it's going to bring forth some results. So when things pop up in your life, you're speaking the word of God and you're speaking that word because you know that it's going to bring forth some results in your life. So in John, St. John 11, we see this was Lazarus and we know that Jesus loved Lazarus. He loved his um, the two sisters. So when Jesus came, it was um, way past time. One of the sisters says he's been dead for four days. He stayed. But this is what Jesus said in verse 25. 24, Mary said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So Mary wasn't looking for him to rise. But Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection 
When we look at the resurrection, this is when somebody is dead and they are risen from life. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believe in me, though he were dead, yet he shall live. So if we're believing in Jesus Christ, no matter what the situation looked like, no matter what people are saying about the situation, we have to know that we have resurrection life on the inside of us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is on the inside of you. And when you connect that resurrection power with the word of God and it begins to come out of your mouth, you should believe that the situation around you has already changed. You should not be running from battle. You should be in the midst of the battle knowing that greater is he than he that's in the world. The enemy wants us to run away from things because he don't want the life of God. To come out of you. Because he know when the life of God come out of you. That is the glory of God. That's coming in the midst of that situation. And he know that that situation has already been taken care of. So Jesus was saying I am the resurrection and the life. And he said he that believe in me though he were dead yet he shall live. That reminds me of us of some of us who have accepted Jesus. Before we accepted Jesus, we were spiritually dead. There was no life of God on the inside of us. We were dead. We were in darkness. We had a sin nature. But the day that we heard about Jesus, the day that we heard about what Jesus done for us, we didn't have to do nothing but accept what he has done. See, the problem is some of us have accepted salvation. We have tell people that we are born again, that we believe in Jesus with all of our heart. And because we believe in him with all of our heart, we confess in him with our mouth. This is what we tell people. I know I'm born again. I know I'm going to heaven. But look at this right here. We make these confessions about being born again, but being saved. But when things pop up in our lives, we forget who we are. We forget that we have the greater one on the inside of us. We forget that we have resurrection power on the inside of us. It is harder to accept salvation than it is to get anything else. Because if you accept salvation, you got everything else. That's what the enemy does not want you to know. Salvation is healing. Salvation is deliverance. Salvation is safety. Salvation is peace. Everything is wrapped up in salvation. So if you are born again, you have everything you need on the inside of you. The enemy does not want you to know that because he wants you to go to um, everybody else except Jesus, except the word of God. So we see that Jesus, when he came in on the scene, he wasn't worried about raising Lazarus from the dead because he knew who he was. He knew who he was, so he wasn't worried about that, but they were. So Jesus went to the um, stone and he told them to roll back the stone. But before he told them that, she said he's been dead for four days. Jesus wasn't worried about how long he'd been dead because Jesus knew he was the resurrection. He was the life. And as she began to say this, in verse 40, Jesus said unto her, Say I not unto thee. 
that if thou would believe, thou should see the glory of God. So what he's telling us today, don't look at how long you've been in that situation. Don't look at COVID-19. Don't look at what's come upon this earth. These things are going to come upon this earth. He said, what I want you to focus on is who I, I am in you. As he is, so are you in this world. We are one with him. You are carrying resurrection and life. So everywhere that you go, you should be proclaiming him. You should be proclaiming Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. The only way we can get to the Father is through Jesus Christ. So we have to focus on him and who He, who we are in him. My mic went out. I'm sorry. Who we are in him. So when we go back through the word of God, we get into Lazarus. And Lazarus, Jesus told her, he wanted her to focus on what he said. What am I telling you? Don't lose your focus. Don't lose your focus. We have to focus on who he is. And we have to focus on who we are now that we are in him. It's not about us, y'all. It's all about him. In him we live, in him we move, and in him we have our being. So if your focus is more on COVID-19, if your focus is more on what's going on in your life, then you're losing focus of who you are now that you're in him. So Jesus had to remind her, and I'm going to say this again. Jesus said unto her, said I not unto thee, that if thou would believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. When we began to believe the word of God, we began to see the glory of God. If you're not believing the word of God, you're not going to be able to see the glory of God. God want to manifest himself in the midst of you. But in order for him to manifest himself in the midst of you, it takes the word of God. You cannot do anything without the word. This is why the enemy, he does not want you to pick up what's written. Because he knows if you pick up what's written and you allow what's written to get deep on the inside of you, when things come up in your life, it's going to come out of you. How is it going to come out of you? It's going to come out of you with power. It's going to come out of you operating. It's going to come out of you effective. It's going to come out of you bringing forth what you are speaking. Why? Because you believe in him. You're not believing in what's going on around you. We have a lot of things going on around us today. We have a lot of things that's taking place around us today. Some things we have not even heard about. Some things we haven't been told about. But the moment we're told about these things, what do we do? We cringe. We go shut ourselves away. That tells you where you are in him. We have to be bold soldiers in the army of the Lord. We have to understand that Jesus has already defeated Satan. He's all, the victory has already been won. We're not going to a battle. We come from it because Jesus already defeated the works of the devil. He's already defeated the works of the devil. The devil has already been defeated, but we exalt in him. When we exalt COVID-19, we exalt in Satan. When we exalt sickness, we exalt in Satan. When we exalt depression and oppression, we exalt Satan. Anything outside of the word of God that we are exalting is not God. But Jesus had to remind her. 
Then they took away the stone. The first thing that Jesus said was, take away the stone. And they took away the stone from the place where the dead lay. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I'm saying today, I thank the Father that he has heard me when it comes to the word of God. That when I'm speaking the word of God out in the atmosphere, I'm giving God glory because God heard me. And I know that God hear me because this is the confidence that I have in him. This is the assurance. This is the boldness that I have in him. That if I go to my father and I'm going to him according to his word, according to what his word is saying, then I know that I have what I have asked him for. Do you have that confidence today? Do you have that assurance that when you go to the father and you go into him according to his word, that God is going to give you that desire. He's going to give you that petition that you have asked him for. I know because he said, if I delight myself in him, that he will give me the desires of my heart. Are you delighting yourself in him? Are you putting everything before him? If you putting everything before him, you're not trusting him. See, when you put God first, when you seeking ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the Bible said all of these things shall be added unto you. Y'all, that is a promise. That's just not a word in a storybook. That's truth. That's, that's the bread of life. He said man don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out the mouth of God. So by Jesus telling her in verse 25 who he was, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. So Jesus said it, but now by him speaking it, it had to be proven. So that's why Jesus said, roll away the stone. Jesus knew the words that I'm speaking he said it's final authority. The words that I'm speaking, they're going to be bring life because the spirit of God is going to release the power through those words to bring forth the results that I'm speaking. So he said, roll away the stone. And then he said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me and I know that thou hear me always. Did y'all hear that? You got to know that God hear you always. Some of us get off track. When one situation come up in our life and that situation is taken care of, then another one come up in our life, we act like God still don't hear us. He's the same God. He said, I change not. God said, even before you speak, and I have already heard you, God hears your heart even before you open your mouth. But God said, I want you to decree and declare things so it can be established. He said, why? He said, because I have given you authority. I have given you dominion here on this earth. Some of y'all say God is a sovereign God. God is in control. Yes, but he has given you that control here on earth. Quit allowing people to tell you, you can't do nothing outside of God. Oh, yes, you can. Because God said, I have given the earth to the children of men. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. He said it's not going to be bound in heaven until you bind it on earth. You got to be first in binding. He said, whatever you forbid on earth, it's going to be forbid in heaven. So why are you telling God to do something with COVID-19? God said, whatever you forbid, if you forbid in COVID-19 to come to your house, God done open up heaven and said, you know what? You
because you're trusting in me. He said, you're putting your trust in me. And this is the problem. We want to take scripture and we want to use it, but we actually not putting our trust in God. We want to open our mouth. We want to decree and declare. But in our mind, we're saying, when God, where God, don't let this come to my house, God. That is doubt and that is unbelief. Because when you speak the word of God, remember the word is alive. It's active. It's going to bring forth results. So Jesus knew this, that it was going to bring forth results. So we have to believe what we're saying. Paul said, I only speak what I believe. Don't just speak it just to let people know you know the word. We have some Bible scholars that know the word from the beginning to the end. But that don't mean nothing when your lifestyle is not adding up to what you're saying. If you're saying you're dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, you're abiding up under the shadows of the Almighty. This is what you're saying. And you're saying that God has given his angels charge over you to keep you and guard you in all your ways. Because you're saying no evil shall befall me. Neither shall any plague come now my dwelling. Now if you're quoting that. And you're ducking and dodging. You didn't believe that. Because God's word is more powerful than COVID-19. It's more powerful than anything that can come upon this earth. God did not leave you upon this earth. Being a citizen of the kingdom. For us to be running from in and everything. God wants us to suit up. He wants us to put on our whole armor. The problem is we don't have on the armor. Because when we got on the armor of God. We're not afraid to go out. Now, what am I saying to you? Am I telling you to quit wearing masks? No, I'm not. I'm telling you, you do you. You do where you are. Some people are trying not to do these things and they're scared. They're trying to prove a point. But Jesus said that we have to believe. He said, and this right here, then they took away the stone from the place where he was dead. And we know that Jesus lifted up his eyes. And then in 43, and when he had thus spoken, remember... Jesus had to speak what he believed with a loud voice. Jesus spoke with a loud voice. What was he speaking with? I believe his voice was loud and it was with authority. He said, Lazarus, come forth. Come on, Lazarus was dead. But Jesus spoke resurrection life into Lazarus. That was the word speaking unto Lazarus. The word is speaking unto you today. The word is making every crooked place straight for you today. The word is speaking life into you today. And the spirit is coming forth from that word to release the power of God for it to be active in your life. So when he told Lazarus to come forth, guess what? Lazarus did come forth, but he was wrapped up in grave clothes. And Jesus began to say, lose him and let him go. Because those those grave clothes represented death. So even though you are born again, you're coming forth in grave clothes. You have to get rid of those grave clothes. You got to get rid of those things that were holding you down now that you're in Christ. You have a new identity. Now that you're in him, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. It's no longer you that live, but it's Christ that lives in you. The old life is dead. Behold, people should be seeing the new life that's in you. And that's what God wants you wants coming out of you is his life. He wants people to see the Zoe life. He wants people to see the abundant life. And this is why he said,
said, you bind on earth, forbid on earth, I'm going to forbid it in heaven. He said, when you loose on earth, I'm going to loose in heaven. See, all of us are talking the word, but we ain't doing what the word tell us to do. You got to bind, you got to loose, and heaven is going to back you up. God is not going to back you up when you're not doing it according to the word. Don't let people tell you that, you know, God can do this and God can do that. But you ain't seeing no manifestation in their life. We always say what God can do, but it's supposed to be manifested in our lives. We don't supposed to just talk the talk. We're supposed to walk the walk. We're supposed to live what we're talking. It's easy to tell people don't do this and don't do that. But are you doing what you're saying? That's just what the Pharisees and Sadducees done. So Jesus said that his word is life. And that's what Jesus wants you to get. He wants you to get life from his word. That's the only way you're going to get life is through the word of God. And my thing is, how can people expect to get life when you're never in the word? When you're never in what's written. If your life has not changed and you've been the same Christian for 20 years, you're not getting into this word the way you need to get into this word. David looked like a youth, but David knew who he was in, in God. He knew that God was El El Yon because he spent time with the Most High God. He knew God was El Shaddai. He knew he was the all-sufficient one. He knew he was almighty. Look at Abraham. He knew that he was Jehovah Jireh. When did he find out he was Jehovah Jireh? He had to take the word of God first. He had to obey. He had to take heed to what God was saying. Come on, y'all. He just got Isaac after 25 years. He got a son. Now God is telling him, take your only son. And I want you to take him where I tell you to take him. And when he got there, the son was, before he got there, the son asked him, Father, where is the sacrifice? See, he raised his son according to God's word. So he knew you have all this in your hand, but where is the sacrifice? We have no sacrifice. I like what Abraham said. He didn't lie to his son. He said, God will provide. Why did he say that? Because he said, if he gave me my son, and if he died today, he have to bring him back. Because that's my promise. God don't lie. God don't go back on his word. So he was trusting God more than he put trust in anything else. So when he got to the place and he put his son up there for the sacrifice, guess what? God said, don't touch him. Now I know that you love me more than you love your son. See, God is trying to see what your hearts are. Sometimes we say we love the Lord, but when we're going through different things, guess what we do? We back off off of God. And we try to do it man's way instead of doing it God's way. Y'all, the news is going to tell you in and everything. You don't know what the truth is coming from the news. You don't know because that's man. That's man giving you a report. But God said, whom report are we going to believe? Come on, they're going to keep reporting and reporting because that's what they get paid for. When a part of that news that they're reporting died down, they got to go out and find another source. This is what how they get paid. They go talk to different people. They go in the hospital with the ones that are dying. They go find out this. They go find out that. They put a report together. They write it down, and then they come to present it to you. And it sounds like it's so true because they present it with confidence. This is how we're supposed to be when it comes to the Word of God.
We're supposed to have so much assurance and so much confidence in the word of God that we're saying, I hear what you say, but I know what God has already said. This is what God is saying, that he is my secret place, that he is my hiding place. God is telling me that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, of El El Yon, shall dwell up under the shadows of the Almighty. That means that because I know that I'm in him and he's in me, that's your secret place. But if you don't know that you're in him and he's in you, then you're not really dwelling there because you're dwelling somewhere else. God said, I'm going to hide you in my pavilion. God said, I'm going to be your refuge. I want to be your fortress. I want to be your sure defense. God said, I want to be whatever you need for me to be. And this is what was going on with Abraham. Abraham got to know God that day as Jehovah Jireh. He got to know God as his provider. God want us to know him. First of all, you got to know the God that you're representing. You cannot even represent in a, a company without knowing that company. People that work on these jobs, and I'm going to use House of Rayford, where, where, you know, I ain't going to call no names where they work there. They have to represent that House of Rayford. They have to tell them about the chicken. They have to tell them about what they have. And when they begin to tell you about it and they tell you about it with so much confidence, you'll be like, I need to order a box of chicken. Can you get me a box of chicken? Because they make it sound so good that House of Rayford is the only place you can buy chicken. Come on, somebody. If you have somebody in the congregation that's representing their company, they're going to represent that company so well, you ain't thinking about another chicken place. You only going to go to the place that they are representing. If you are not being a true representative of God, if you got one foot in the kingdom of light and you got another foot in the kingdom of darkness, guess what? You are double-minded. And a double-minded man is not stable in all of his ways. He's going to be like a witch in a wiper. He's going to be wavering. But if you're standing, no matter what people bring to you, you begin to say, that, that's not so. My grandfather would always say, Ting So. And you know what they said, but he would say, Ting So. I remember when I was um, preparing to drive a bus in high school, and as I was um, on the road taking the test with the instructor, everybody was passing, they was backing up the bus, and I could not back up that bus. So I went home and I told my grandfather, and I said, you know, it looked like I'm not going to pass. I said, because everybody is passing, you know, doing what need to be done, and I I'm, I just can't back up the bus. My granddaddy looked at me, he said, Tank so. I said, huh? I said, granddaddy, I'm telling you, I cannot back up this bus. He said, the only thing you got to do is believe. And I'm like, huh? I'm trying to tell you something. So as I sat there with him, he said, the only thing you got to do is believe. And this is what this man did for me to get me to believe in what he was saying because he knew what he was saying was true. He took and gave me a handkerchief. He said, I prayed over this handkerchief. This handkerchief is your point of contact. He said, if you believe on today that you can drive this bus, you're going to drive the bus. So I took that handkerchief and I went out the next day. Y'all, I backed up that bus so good I couldn't even believe it was me backing up the bus. Why? Because my grandfather was 
and in agreement with what he believes. Sometimes we're not where we need to be and God will give you a point of contact. He may give you a handkerchief. He may give you some oil. That's symbolic. Just to let you know I'm still God. He will meet you where you at. So out there and you're really trusting God, he will meet you where you are. So I passed. I got my bus license and everything. And I never forget the first day that I began to drive my bus down the road. There was daddy. There were all of them. And I was so little. They were so afraid for me having that big bus. And I remember that morning about five o'clock in the morning. My granddaddy, he called Aunt Lucy May. He said, come on, Lucy. We're going to get on this bus and pray with her. Now, let me tell y'all something about that. I'm like, pray with me. I need to go ahead and get my route done. See how we do? We switch. Now we got the bus. We don't need nothing else. But prayer changes things. And I'm going to tell you something. Through my grandfather's prayers, through my daddy's prayers, through, you know, my aunt's prayers, while driving that bus, y'all, I didn't miss a day throughout the whole year. I got perfect attendance. I'm telling y'all something. Prayer changes things. But you just can't pray just to be praying. You got to know what the will of God is to pray. You cannot pray and say, if it's your will, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. You got to know what the will of God is. You can't just pray these prayers, these um, hazardous prayers that ain't doing nothing. That's just hitting the ceiling. You have to pray according to the word of God. This is why the Bible says it is the prayer of faith that heals the sick. The Bible says you call in the elders of the church. You can't call in no elders that don't know the will of God. You cannot call in no elders that don't know what the prayer of faith is. See, you got people going out there bowing before people. Oh, God, if it's your will, God, you can raise them up. You know why they put if it's your will? Because they don't want to look foolish if they don't come out the bed. But God's will is to heal. God's will is to deliver. God's will is to set the captives free. If you're doing all that, get off your knees because you're going to need prayer. Once you get up, down there hollering, if it's your will, God. So it's time for us to rise up in the things of God. He said that this word in Proverbs, the fourth chapter, he said, for they are life unto those that find them. Guess what? You got to find them. You got to go into the word of God. Quit living off of somebody else's word. Because after a while, that gets old. You got to live off of the word that you know for yourself. He said it's life unto those that find them. So we see that part, right? And then he says health to all flesh. That health means medicine. God's word is medicine, y'all. It's the best medicine in the world. But you cannot wait till you get high blood pressure and start speaking. By his grace, I was already healed. Okay? But you ain't got the word in you to know that you already healed. So you saying by his stripes I'm already healed, but now you're saying get the blood pressure cup. Let me see if it's still high. So it's showing high. Now you're saying God didn't do what he said according to the word. No, it ain't God, it's you. Because the word of God don't change. The word of God, it, it goes out and it accomplished that which he pleased. It prosper in the thing that he has sent it to do.
That's what God's word does. So we have to rely on the word. We cannot rely on how we feel. So we see it's, it's life unto those that, that find it. The word will quicken you. The word will bring life unto you. The word will bring wholeness unto you, which is his medicine. Who wouldn't want the word if this is what the word of God is saying it will bring? So we see in the word of God how the word operates. Jesus demonstrated it. He is the word. He walked among the people and everything that Jesus said, it came to pass. Y'all, the centurion, he knew about the word. He knew about Jesus. And understand this, Jesus is not going to discriminate. He reigns on the just as well as the unjust. When the centurion came to Jesus, he wasn't in um, covenant with him, but he came to Jesus and he began to come on behalf of his servant. And he told him that his servant, you know, he was being tormented. His servant was sick. But guess what? Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Jesus didn't look at who he was. Jesus didn't look at what he did. Jesus didn't come up with some kind of formula. Jesus didn't ask no questions. He said, I will come and heal him. So it don't matter what you've done. Healing is still available for you. So then he began to say, he said, I will come and heal him. He said, no, don't come to my house. See, the centurion knew about authority. He knew the authority that Jesus had. He said, just speak the word and my servant shall be healed. See, we got to get to the point where we just speak the word and people will be healed. We got to get to the point that when we begin to speak the word over ourselves, we know that we have life on the inside of us, which comes from God. We know we have the resurrection power that's in us. And as we begin to speak the word, guess what? The power of God come through us. There's the spirit, there's the soul and the body. Being that we renewed our mind according to the word of God, it's going to connect to the spirit. And then those rivers of living water that's in our belly, it's going to come through us and we're going to have that life. We're going to have that manifestation. But if you don't know the word for yourself, some of us be looking for a word. Right now, I probably got more YouTubers, more Facebook people than we ever had before looking for a word and you getting the word. You're trying to find something to satisfy what you're going through. If you have a Bible, open it. Read it for yourself. So when you're looking for a word, if it's not in agreement with what the Holy Spirit has said to you according to the word, turn the channel. You don't take in and everything because we got false prophets out there. People will hype you up. If you got somebody that you're tuning into and they're always prophesying, they're always telling you what you're going to get, they're always telling you this, come on, I want some word. I want to know what the word is saying to me. Because when you're not there, when my cable's not on, I got to trust God for myself. And this is where God wants us to be. So we see what David was saying, dealing with the word. Now, I did verse 22, but I did that first to say this. You cannot get that life or get that help, you know, healing, wholeness, unless you go back to verse 20 and 21. You will not get life and you will not get help to all the flesh. See, 
Sometimes we grab a verse and we want to hold on to that verse of scripture. But we have to understand what's being said. This is what's being said. If you want that life, if you want the word to come alive in you, and if you want it to bring wholeness to all of your body, if you want it as medicine, this is what you got to do. My son, this is Solomon talking to his son. And he's not only talking to his son, he's talking to us because it is written to us. He said, my son, attend. Attend means to pay closely attention to. What does that mean? That means when I'm attending to the word, and I'm going to tell y'all this. Y'all are in y'all car, and y'all see how this microphone been going in and out. When you paying attention, when you attending closely to the word, guess what you're going to do? You're going to lean out your window because you want to hear what God is saying. You don't want to miss it because it's bringing life to you. You're going to lean out your car. You're going to incline your ear to his saying, to his word. Some of y'all are sitting in your car, fanning yourself happy. Some of you are sitting in your car, just sitting there, but the word is what brings you life. to the word of God. So when you're inclining unto something, you're saying, my husband know what that means. When I'm watching something on television, for some reason, he want to talk about something. And y'all, if it's of importance, I will listen. He'll start talking when it's getting to the part I need to hear. And then he'll start talking. I'll pause the television. And when I pause the television, and after he finished, I'll wait a little bit longer. Because I said he still got some more he need to say. Me and y'all know about them women too. Sometimes they just like quacking ducks. They don't know how to hush. Come on, men. Some of y'all wives are like quacking ducks. Quack, 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 quack. And in your mind, you said, I wish you would just shut up. <laughs> but we keep going on and on like a like a battery, right? Like an ever ready. But then I'll pause it and I heard somebody over here say amen. I ain't going to say who it was. But anyway, I'll pause the television and i hold it for a while. And I say, okay, he don't have nothing else he has to say. So i go back to incline in my ear so I won't miss what I need to hear. Then he'll say something else. Come on, somebody. What am I telling you? I ain't calling my husband the devil. No, I'm not. He's not the devil. But I'm using it for an example. When you incline in your ear, when you're paying close attention to the word of God, what does the enemy bring? Distractions. How does he bring them? He brings something before you that you haven't done, that you should have done, or your children, or somebody will come in and they'll interrupt you right in the midst of you paying close attention. To the word of God. So we have to pay close attention. God is telling you today. Attend to my word. When you paying close attention to his word. You are climbing, inclining your ear. To his saying. His word. His saying. His word. His saying. His saying is his word. So no matter what they're saying on the news. You paying more attention. You inclining your ear to what God has already said. God has already said. You already the healed of 
of the Lord. Meaning that if you are already the healed of the Lord, why are you looking to be sick? I'm going to say it again. If you are already the healed of the Lord, then why are you looking to be sick? Now I know that's right from the throne of God. If you are already the healed of the Lord, and you know you already healed, why are you looking? Why are you waiting to be sick? Because you ain't paid close attention. You haven't inclined your ear to what he's saying. It was so important that Solomon was reminding his son what his father said to him. When we look at verse 1, it says in chapter 4, Hear ye children, the instructions of a father. That means the correction. That means the discipline of the father. See, when our children are growing up, we need to make sure that they are grounded in the word of God. We need to have the word of God before them. This is what David did. David was taught the word of God through Jess, through his uh, father Jess. Then Jess, he taught David and David began to teach his children the word. Why do we begin to teach them? We begin to teach them at a young age because their heart is tender. Their heart is don't become hard like our hearts become hard. When we try to teach our children the word, when they're grown, their heart is already hard and it's just like a brick wall. It's going to take time for it to penetrate. It's going to take time for it to get through. But if we take the word when they're little and we begin to say, God loves you. And then they say, Mommy, Daddy, why did God love me? Baby, love you so much that he died for you. Well, Mommy, why did he die for me? He died, baby, for you. So you can live because the world was full of sin. Come on, we're waiting till they get grown. Now we want to be a preacher. Now we want to dictate to them. Come on, and then you're getting mad because they ain't grabbing what we should have gave them a long time ago. That's the problem. Now we want them to go ahead and get saved quick, fast, in a hurry. I got something to tell you. God ain't working on them. He's working on you. He's teaching you how to pray more. He's teaching you how to trust more. He's teaching you so you can teach them. So that's why Solomon was saying, my son, he said, I want you to hear and that here and this verse means to listen intently to understand what is being said. He said to the discipline, the correction. That's why the Bible says God chastised those whom he loved. That means he corrects. He disciplined. He said of a father and a ten pay close attention, obeying and no understanding. See, we can't just take the word of God for what we think it is saying. You got to take time and you got to say, Holy Spirit, why does Solomon say this? We're picking scripture out the Bible and we're running with it, but we're not having revelation on it. And that's what the enemy wants. He wants you to run with this word. He wants you to speak this word with no light, with no illumination. And people are taking the word out of content. But he said, my son, attend 
unto my sayings. His sayings were the commands of God that he got from David, his daddy. So he was bringing it in his house. Incline thine ear to my sayings. Then guess what he said next? He said, now that the word got your attention. Can I ask you something? Does the word have your attention? Does the word really have your attention? I'm going somewhere with that. Because if the word got my attention, I'm not going to do what I used to do, y'all. Come on, somebody. If the word got my attention, I'm not going to live the way I used to live, y'all. Because I'm attending. I can't hold grudges if the word got my attention. I can't live in unforgiveness if the word got my attention. I'm going to ask you, does the word have your attention? Because if you're living according to the word, it got your attention. And then he said, let them, the word, not depart. Depart means to go away from thine eyes. What does that mean? Being that the word got my attention, guess what? It's before me. My focus is on what the word of God is saying. My focus is on, I am the healed of the Lord. My focus is on, I am financially secure. My focus is on, I have the peace of God. My focus is on, I'm not anxious for anything. My focus is on the word of God. So this was Solomon telling his son, this is what you got to do, son, to have this life. You can't just have this life and you're not participating in what the word of God is telling you to do. Then he said, let it not depart from your eyes. So my focus is more on the word than on COVID-19, than on what I'm going through in my life. I'm going to stand on what the word says and not on what I see. You cannot go on your five senses. You got to go on supernatural and not natural. So it says next. Now my focus is so much on the word of God. I'm not letting it slip from my mind. That's because I'm not being conformed through this world, by this world. Conform means that you are looking at the patterns and the way the world does things. Oh, we can stop right there. Because some of us right now, we're looking at what the world is doing. They're telling us, keep your distance. Stay what? Is it six feet apart or six inches? Which one is it? Six feet. Thanks. Thank you so much. Six feet. We want to obey that, right? But just because I'm six feet away from you, I can hold out the arm of God. And I can speak to whatever's going on in your life. And I can say, be healed right now in the name of Jesus and be made whole. That word goes further than six feet. That word is going over the whole nation and people are being healed, delivered, and set free right now. Why? Because I believe what the word of God is saying. So don't use no excuse here saying I'm six feet so I can't lay hands, but you can still speak. You can still speak the word of God and allow the glory of God to be manifested right in the midst of you. You don't have to wait on nothing to happen. The only thing you do is say, as I have spoken, I have already believed it. And then you begin to speak a word into their life as the gifts of the spirit are in operation in your life. You begin to tell them what the Lord has 
say concerning them. The Lord is saying, this is what we have to do. So when we're attending to that word, inclining our ear to that word, that means we're paying close attention. Now it's, it's our focus. But now it got to be put in your heart. Whatever you focus on, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So does he become. What have you become since COVID-19? What did you think? Who did you think you were before COVID-19? Now COVID-19 is telling you who you are now. Because if you always talked the word of God and said, I believe, I believe, I believe, and now COVID-19 is here, and you refuse to believe God, but you believe in man. So this is what he's saying. Now you got to keep them. You got to keep them in the midst of your heart. You got to keep them in the midst of your heart. Because out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So when tragedy comes, when something coming, whatever you speak is where you are. Because that's what you believe. That's what you have kept in your heart. Your heart is your treasure chest. That's where the precious things are held. My husband is held in my heart. Why? Because he's precious to me. He's a treasure unto me. And if anybody say something against him, guess what? I got to go back into that heart and I have to say, okay, Holy Spirit, bring out something concerning you. So wherever your um, treasure is, that's where your heart is going to be also. I'm hearing some afflicted stuff. From Christians now that COVID-19 has come out. I mean, I'm hearing it. When things happen in our lives, we turn on that news 24-7. Don't get me wrong. Yes, you turn it on. But if that news is saying something opposite to what you believe, you need to correct it or you need to turn it off. Because if you've been watching that news for 21 days, you're going to become what they say. You're going to begin to think what they're saying. You're going to begin to check yourself for symptoms, even symptoms you had before COVID-19 came. Nobody better not sneeze out here because y'all might take off and leave. Nobody better not cough out here because you'll take off and run. But when somebody was coughing before, snotting all over the place, taking their hand and wiping their nose and say, hey, how you doing? You shook their hand. But now you don't want to do nothing. And I'm not telling you to do it. Now you act like you're so clean. The mind controls the body. You do not let nobody dictate to you anything outside of what you believe. One thing my grandfather did, and I talk about him so much, is because God had me to witness it for such a time as this. If it didn't line up with the word, take so. He would tell you what the word said. He said, this is so. That's a amen. So we have to know what the word is saying, but we have to come in alignment with the word. This is why Solomon was saying, son, in order to have this life, in order for this life to become medicine unto you, to quicken you, to bring you life, you got to attend. Some people don't even want to attend driving. Some people don't even want to attend Facebook Live. Some people don't even want to attend ways that God have set up for you to get this life. Amen. Amen. He said you got to attend to 
in my word. Some people are staying home and not even picking up the word. You're picking up other things. Some people say, well, we better not go back in that church. You know, it's social distancing. And you're running around in Walmart like a chicken with your head cut off. You're running around in Piggly Wiggly. You're running around in Food Line. You're running around everywhere else. You're going through drive-thrus to get a burger. See how the enemy got your mind? When it comes to the house of God, we can't come. We can't show up. But you're showing up to get the paycheck. And every time you see somebody coming, that they say, God, something, what you do? Oh, but you're there. Come on, if you want to show up in the church with the mask, I ain't going to condemn you. Because by the time that word of God quicken you and bring life to you, you ain't going to have on no mask no more. I ain't going to condemn you. Wear your mask. Because once that word touch you, you're going to forget about it. Some people passing out with the mask on. Because it's too hot. Things that you are not mindful of do not affect you. If we never knew about COVID-19, we'll be doing our thing. What the enemy want to do? He want to shut the church down. Because he know that life comes from the word of God. He want to keep the church isolated. But there ain't no isolation in God. He may try to shut us up in a home, but he cannot shut our mouths. Because the Bible says, when you begin to speak a thing, so shall it be established. So we want to go on what the word says. So when something come at us, guess what? The enemy, the Holy Spirit is going to remind us what the word says. He's going to remind us of the kingdom of God. So what am I telling you, Miracle Temple? You are not ignorant of Satan devices. You knew about what he was bringing before it came upon this earth. Because God told you. And you ain't seen nothing yet. There's going to be more popping up on this earth where people are going to say, God, just take me home. Because I don't want to deal with it, but God got you here for a purpose. He knows the ones that's going to stand through all of this stuff that's popping up his head. He knows the ones that's going to cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? That's what David them did. That's what prayer is about. You can fold your hands like this. You can kneel. You can lay back, whatever you want to do. But God want his word coming out of your mouth. And y'all, this is my problem. We find time to do everything else, but we don't find time to go into the word of life. This is your spiritual food. God wants you to connect with who you are in him, not who you are in the world. The Bible said, do not be conformed to this world. He's talking to us, y'all. Don't go after the patterns of this world. But he said, be ye transformed by the renewing. Transform means change. The word of God is what's going to change you, y'all. The word of God is what lets you know who you are now that you're in Christ. 
And that's why we need the word of God to be transformed and changed. It says here, and you do it by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the good and acceptable and perfect will of God is. Y'all now understand. I understand why we have people praying. Lord, if it be your will. Because they don't know what the will of God is. 20 long years and praying. Lord, if it be your will, you can heal them. Lord, if it be your will, you can prosper them. Lord, if it be your will, you can deliver them. God, I know it's your will for me to say this. Devil, shut up. See, we have to know what the will of God is. When we know what the will of God is, we don't sit there and touch and agree with what they're saying. Because some people are so into those type prayers, people are even believing what they're saying. You got to know truth for yourself. You got to know what the word of God is saying for yourself. And when you spend time with the word of God, God is not going to make you ignorant of Satan's vices. You're going to know what the word of God is saying. Y'all, I was um, telling um, Kim, I was uh, looking at a movie. And this movie seemed like it was so word-based. But after the movie was over, I mean, it was scripture in there. I said, God, I said, Holy Spirit, something not right. My spirit is not in alignment with this. Even though I'm hearing the word, my spirit is not in alignment. I said, what's wrong with this movie? And the Holy Spirit said, it's dealing with Joseph Smith. Y'all remember Joseph Smith? Seven day of Venice. He was saying he was a prophet. And an angel come to him. That's what that movie was based on. They created that movie. See, if you don't know the word for yourself, you will think everything that you're hearing and you're seeing is God. The enemy is a trickster. He's a deceiver. He twists the word of God because he wanted you to believe what they were saying and not what the word of God was saying. Don't have movies. Don't have family. Don't have friends changing your mind. I'm going to be honest with you. Family can love you so much they can kill you. I'm going to be honest with you. Because when we have the love of God and the love of God is in us and is shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Ghost, that love is going to help those that do not know God come into closer contact with God. And we'll be telling them what the word is saying to keep them instead of telling them what the news is telling them to be kept. You cannot serve two masters. Either you're going to love the one and hate the other. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. It's some people that's been saying, I ain't afraid of no COVID-19. I just ain't no afraid of no COVID-19. Then you get on the phone with somebody and all they talk is COVID-19. By the time you get off that phone, you spraying like crazy. It was already in you. They just brought out of you what was already there. Because if they were talking all that yakety yak, you would say, you know what? The word says. The word says. And you know when you're telling people the word, sometimes people say, well, that ain't exactly what it said now. I don't know what you're talking about, but I know what God said to me. I know what the revelation is. God don't change and God don't need no help. Do y'all not understand that the news, they're telling you this. This is true. We cannot help you. You got to go lock up for 14 days. They cannot help. Yo, light bulb, light bulb. You still got to go home and lock up for 14 days? Ain't no doubt they're in there with you. The only 
14 days. So what are you going to do for those 14 days? Focus on that or focus on Jesus? So what am I telling you now? My son, Miracle Temple, attend to God's words. Pay close attention to God's word. Incline your ear unto his saying. Listen to what he's saying. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep focus on the word of God. Keep the word before you more than you keeping your problems before you. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why are they kept in the midst of the heart? The enemy can't steal them. Because there's a root in there now. And it takes time. This is not an overnight thing, y'all. It takes time to get this word in you. How do I know? Because whatever you had planted before the word, it is already taking root. But when you begin to believe the word of God over what's taking root, whatever God ain't planted, the Bible said it's going to be uprooted. The enemy want to make you feel like you're doing a little something because you're happy on Monday. But then come Sunday again, you're down in the dumps again. See, he want to fool you. But see... Happiness don't last, but the joy that God gives you from the fruit of the Spirit is always there. That's why we can say the joy of the Lord is our strength. We go on Him, not on us. That's what He's saying. Don't go on your ability. Go on God's ability. When you go out and you have to go in the store, whether you're wearing a mask or not, because they're saying some people with even wearing a mask have got COVID-19. And I want to tell y'all something. Be aware. Some places say you have something to get more money from that something. They put that in your head and say, this is what you have. Heard a preacher say when he went, they were astounded because they're saying, they, this is what we say you have, but you ain't showing no symptoms of having that. Somebody want to get paid. You better know the tactics of the enemy. We got to know the word for ourselves. So I'm telling you what the word is saying, y'all. Go back for yourself. And right now I bind a fence in the name of Jesus because I hear people making calls. Did you hear what apostle said? Do I actually have to um, go out in public and stuff like that? If you want to eat, you're going out in public and nobody don't get nothing for you. You got to go. Because if you can't find nobody to help you, you got to make up your mind. To go get your own food. To go, But some people are making up their mind to go some places and not go other places. See, that's confusion. God ain't about confusion. He's about peace. Did y'all know he's in you so everywhere you go, you taking him? So if you taking him, you already taken care of. God is already, he said, everywhere the soles of your feet shall tread. God said, you shall possess that land. So everywhere you go, you go in Walmart, guess what? You possessing that land. When you going in Piggly Wiggly, Food Line, you are possessing that land. Everywhere you go, you are possessing that land by keeping your mind on him. He said, I will keep you in perfect peace. Because your mind is stayed on who? God. He said, why? Because you trust in me. Do I have some out there today that trust him? And when you trust him, let me tell you something. When you trust him, you don't have to prove yourself to nobody. What I'm saying, if you're wearing a mask, wear a mask. God still love you with the mask on. 
But the one that's keeping you ain't your mask. The one that's keeping you is the one that always keep you. His name is Jehovah Rapha. He said, I am the God that healeth thee. His name is Jehovah Nisi. God said, I am your banner. His name is Jehovah Shalom. He said, I am your peace. See, when you know who he is to you, you're not trying to worry about what nobody is saying. You going on about your normal activity. You ain't trying to prove yourself and trying to talk, you know, yourself up. I ain't getting this. I ain't getting that. You keep talking like that, you afraid you getting something. You don't have to tell nobody nothing. Just go on about your father's business. When Jesus cursed the fig tree, he didn't sit there and tell, tell them, now watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. He went about his father's business. And guess what? God manifests himself when they come back around. They said, Master, the tree that you curse. So when we're about our father's business, we ain't waiting to see nothing. We know it's already done. Come on and give God a hand. Clap of Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And before I close, I want to say this. You are, we are the healed of the Lord. We're already healed. We were healed over 2,000 years ago. When Jesus took that stripe on his back, now I want y'all to understand something. People say they took, he took 39 stripes minus one. No, you got to understand that was the way the Jews did it. The Romans, they tore his back apart. They tore it apart. Why? Every sickness. His back was wide open because what they whooped him with, it tore his back up. And you know what they did after they whooped him? They put him on that cross with those nails. In, um, not in his hands. What, what you call this? Wrist. And then in his feet, a nail. Guess why they did that? Because when he lift himself up to breathe, his back was up against that pole, rubbing, because it was torn into if that man went through all of that for us to take our sickness and disease, can I ask you why are we taking it? We're taking it because we ain't inclined our ear. We haven't paid close attention to what he has already done. So when something is knocking on our door, we say, stop. You can't touch this. I've been bought with the price. That's already been paid for. I forbid you to come in my home. You have no right in my home. You go right now in Jesus' name. I can't use my name. See, Jesus' name is above every name. The Bible says, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that he is Lord in heaven. On earth and under the earth. They're bowing down now at the name of Jesus. But you got to have faith in his name, not your name. We got to believe in him, y'all, not in us. So when we go out, we're going out in his name.
I'm living the life of Christ. So I'm saying, I command healing right now in the name of Jesus. I command healing over this nation in Jesus' name. I say, be healed, be made whole right now in the name of Jesus. Because healing is the children's bread. And I speak right now in the name of Jesus. Everything that's needed is being released right now in Jesus' name. Because Father, you said you know what we're in the need of before we ask. God, you said, give us this day our daily bread. So in him, there's nothing missing and nothing broken. So I command the blessings of God to come upon us in Jesus' name. Because he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places through Christ Jesus. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed in the soil. I'm blessed in the fruit of my womb. Everything my hands touch is blessed. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm a lender and not a borrower. The blessings of the Lord makes us rich and adds no sorrow to it. In Jesus' name. So thank you, God. That we have everything that we need. And if you believe that, give God the prize. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. At this time, we're going to have the announcements and then we're going to do our tithes and offering. And then we will be released. And thank everybody for coming out once again through our drive in service and we just give God glory that we have an opportunity to come together in fellowship. Amen. 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 These are our announcements for this Sunday. Until further notice, we will be using our live stream and Facebook for our service in Clem School of Ministry. Uh, Sunday morning service will broadcast at 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. And Clem School of Ministry will broadcast on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Um, Apostle will let you know if we're going to have drive-in church next Sunday also. Hey, Jada. Uh, ways to send uh, your tithes and offerings. You can go to our website at www.mtdm.org or use cash app, hash, uh, dollar sign MTDM20. Or mail it to Miracle Timothy Deliverance Ministries, Post Office Box 1042, Burgard, North Carolina 2825. You can download our app also, Church Ministry 1, to follow the ministry, and you can pay your tithes there also. Amen.